This episode is brought to you by The Wanna Summit, the one day that's going to change your life. For more information, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozolik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Wozolik. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. This is episode two of our 12-week introduction to paleo, and we're going to be talking about what paleo is, what it's not, and why we love paleo. So, Brett, do you want to start us off today and maybe explain what on earth paleo is short for? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't this the question we just get all the time? Like, what is paleo? What does that even mean? And so, look, the paleo diet is often referred to, and and look, I think we tend to like to think of it as a paleo lifestyle rather than a diet, like actually a way of living in a way of eating for the long term rather than like a short term quick fix type solution but but really what paleo is referring to is the paleolithic period so it's a period of time when you know i guess things were more simple you know we were sort of hunter gatherers we were perhaps cavemen people like to refer to it as Um, but essentially it's the period of time in which um, our bodies evolved really you know it's a it's a huge period of time in in terms of our evolution you know we, we tend to look at our modern lifestyles and what we realize is that even though we think, well, we've been eating grains forever, right, for the last like five or 10,000 years, you know, that's ages. But, you know, if you speak to someone who's involved in you know, evolution and understands how long that takes, well, then actually it's an infinitesimally small period of time. So when we're looking at that paleo period, we're looking at, well, what did our bodies actually evolve to require? And so the most of that evolution occurred as we were doing this, this caveman sort of lifestyle, we were hunting and gathering. So so we were eating different sorts of foods. We were eating very simply. We didn't have the processed foods. We didn't have the chemicals. You know, um, so it's about getting back to that that simpler time, that caveman era, that hunter gatherer style eating habits. Essentially, getting back to what our bodies evolved to require. Yeah. No, that's awesome. But why why should we eat what cavemen eat? I mean, didn't didn't all cavemen die young? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, that's a, another question we get asked all the time. And actually, if you in, anthropo- in anthropology, um, what they found is that if you look at the number of deaths or, you know, the, the deaths caused by childbirth um, and trauma, so, you know, fighting other tribes, people getting infected wounds, getting gored by a mammoth, um, that, if you take those out of the statistics, most of the population actually lived really healthy to quite an old age. Um, so, you know, it's, in comparison to our current population, we're living for a while, but we're incredibly sick for most of that, right? I know... You yeah. talk about the morbidity and mortality thing. And yeah, absolutely. So we're increasing our years of um, life. So we're actually living for a much longer time. But more than we're increasing our years of life, we're increasing our years of morbidity. So the amount of time that we're actually not able to function and, and live a healthy life. And so even though we're living for longer, we're getting less years of quality life. And, and I guess that's what it's about. Like when you look at these hunter-gatherer societies, 
you know, they live a quality life right through to a really old age. And, you know, you see things like hunter-gatherer societies where in order to be on their tribal council, you know, you have to be 100 years old. And you think, like, what kind of society are they living to 100 to start with, but actually living to 100 fit enough and lucid enough to actually run the whole society, right? That's, that's kind of cool. Can you imagine us wanting a 100-year-old <laughs> prime minister? Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah, a bit scary, isn't it? Beyond our conscious awareness and thoughts. It's... Yeah, so they did. They, they lived a really good quality of life. And so, you'd, like you said, if they, if they didn't die of that trauma, if they didn't die of birth trauma or, you know, whatever, then they were actually living really healthy and, and functioning and, and having a good life. And that's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. And with the advent of modern society as well, we we started living a lot closer together, dense cities, populations, and we didn't have very good sanitation. And that's how diseases spread. And many people were dying very, very young when society started. And it's only now with medicine and, and sanitation and refrigeration that those things have started to improve. But really before that, when, when you were living like a caveman, um, longevity and quality of life were quite quite easy to come by yeah Yeah. so so this paleo diet what can we eat on it yeah great so uh, excellent starting question there Steph so it's I suppose kind of back to basics back to like my gran used to cook it's that meat and three veg thing right Um, and when we're talking about meat we're talking about good quality meat we're not talking about your run-of-the-mill supermarket grain fed which always cracks me up when you go to those expensive restaurants and they've got like you know 500 gram grain fed steak and they're so proud of it you know and that stuff is just diabolical it's so inflammatory and so bad for you and you know you, you hear those studies about meat being harmful and causing cancer and heart disease and you know by and large all those studies are run on meat that is factory farmed grain fed crap quality meat so when we're talking meat we're talking about grass-fed pasture-raised cows cows that are eating what they evolved eating and then us eating what we evolved eating which was them that were eating what they were evolved eating so um yeah wow Uh, you'll find that i tend to do that so my apologies there um and lots of veggies right so lots and lots of veggies and and fruit nuts and seeds um but just on that meat one i know brett um you you tend to talk about fish in our talks and i'd like you to elaborate on that a bit because uh, yeah well the fish are really important too right and we hear a lot about the fish nowadays saying look you've got to have more fish because you get those omega-3s and those are really great for you which we know that they are they're really anti-inflammatory they're really healthy for us um but i guess the key is to make sure that we're getting the right sort of fish and you know, unfortunately, one of the things with the fish is that we've really polluted our environment. And so um, there's lots of mercury in our waterways. And unfortunately, a lot of our fish have a lot of mercury in them. And so the further up the food chain you go in terms of the fish, then the more mercury they've got in them. Um, so the little fish, you know, get eaten by the medium-sized fish. They get all the mercury from the little fish and then also the mercury they absorb from their environment. Right? So then the bigger fish at the top of the food chain, they get all the mercury from all of the fish below them on the food chain, plus what they absorb from the environment. So, so stick to the smaller fish. Um, and make sure that it's wild caught fish, because of course now what we're doing is not only grass, not only grain feeding our cattle, but we're grain feeding our fish too, and feeding them all sorts of stuff. Ridiculous. And so make sure you're getting the wild caught stuff that's eating what it's designed to eat, just like we said with the cattle and with the sheep and all those things. It, they need to be eating what they're designed to eat so that they're healthy, so that when we eat them, then we'll be healthy as well. So yeah, definitely the, the wild caught fish is the way to go there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other one, you know, in terms of the food, is water. I mean, it's one that's so easy to forget, right? But, but it, it, our bodies require water and lots of water. It's a really important... In fact, it's really the only thing that our bodies need to drink um, and the best thing for our bodies to drink. So the paleo 
diet or the paleo lifestyle involves lots and lots of water and make sure you're getting plenty of that too. Um, one thing you guys both missed and that I found is the biggest thing with the paleo diet was the fats. Um, so I, I mean, I know now that I'm eating very good quality fats and a fair amount of them, like avocados and coconut oil and olive oil and the fats off my grass, grass fed meat. Um, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm satiated by those fats. So does one of you want to talk about, um, maybe the quality of fats? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, as Brett said, you know, those omega three fats, that's what we, you're all told we need. And the reason we need them is because it's a building block for a whole heap of stuff in our body and especially our brains and our nervous system and our hormones and our hormones regulate so many functions in our body. We kind of just, you know, so often people get caught up thinking that hormones are just your reproductive organs and reproductive hormones, but there's so many others that are going on, you know, you deal with stress through your hormones. So, um, those fats are really essential building blocks for that. Um, and just a side note here, when you look at the um, the side effects of cholesterol drugs and bringing cholesterol down, one of the first symptoms of the side effects that people experience is muscle pain, you know, and that's because you're depleting your muscles of those fats that are crucial building blocks. Um, so when we're talking about the grass-fed beef and grass-fed um, meats in general and pasture-fed chickens and that sort of thing and, and, and fish that are eating algae and the stuff that they are supposed to eat... Um, when they're eating that, they have the right ratios of omega-3 to 6 fatty acids as well. And omega-6 fatty acids are the pro-inflammatory ones. They lead to increase in inflammation. Um, and inflammation is linked with a whole stack of chronic disease. In fact, I think just about every disease, every chronic disease yeah. is now linked to inflammation, right? Inflammation yeah, of the arteries and so on. So um, you want that good ratio of 1 to 1 or at the most 3 to 1 of um, 1 omega-3 to 1 omega-6 and at the most... Three omega six to an omega three. Oh my gosh, I'm so confused with explaining this stuff. I know what it's like when I have it on my slide. Um, but when you look at grain fed, they're a ratio of about twenty to one, so twenty omega six to one omega three, and that's extremely inflammatory. So um, that's why the quality matters so much. I've gotten off topic. What was your question again? Was that was that your question? Have I answered yeah, it? Yeah, it was just about the healthy. Oh, fats. but it's the healthy yeah, fats. Yeah, I think it's important for us to state at this stage that look, we're skimming over a huge amount of information here. Like there's there's stuff here that like literally we're trying to cover the entire paleo diet in one episode, and really the, this is what we're going to be talking about in every single one of our future episodes. Uh, but particularly this this twelve week uh, period, we're going to really cover all the basics of paleo. So. Just remember, this is our introduction. Don't be too scared if we've overwhelmed you already. <laughs> Don't be scared by there's, Dr. Yana there's talking to you. There's going to be lots of information coming and lots of explanations and more detail to come. So this is just our overview of what you can eat and we'll get into heaps more detail as we go along as well. Definitely. So obviously um, with this, there are many things that we can't eat. And I would say the, the most important thing is the processed foods. It's really, really, really important to get rid of anything that isn't a food. If it has a number in it, if it comes in a package and has dozens of ingredients, if it lasts on your shelf for years, it's probably not a real food. And I would say that's the number one thing. Um, if you can take away anything from this episode is eat real food. Brett, do you want to elaborate on other yeah, things? Yeah, yeah. I love the t-shirts that Sean Croxton's got. You know Sean Croxton from Underground Wellness? And he's got those t-shirts that say Jerf and it's just eat real food. And oh, they're awesome. I, I love them. I'm going to get one off of him for sure. So, so those are really cool. But that's what it is really, isn't it? It's about just eating real food and just eating the foods that we're designed to eat 
and avoiding all this man-made processed stuff that's just you know that we're just not designed to eat and so you know there's a whole range of things we're going to go through obviously in this episode but i guess the first one and we spoke about how people often like to start with breakfast and so the, the big one i guess in our society is breads grains and cereals right because we're taught that that is like the building block of everything we should be eating right you look at that food pyramid which right even the though the food pyramid is outdated a lot of people are still using it and and it has that massive wedge across the bottom of all of the you know breads grains and cereals you should be eating and in these healthy whole grains are going to make you healthy but when we look back at the records, we see that we just weren't eating those. You know, up until about 10,000 years ago, we weren't eating them at all. Um, and so it's only in this sort of agricultural period we've started eating these breads, grains, and cereals. We're not very good at dealing with them. We're not very good at digesting them. We're not very good at processing them. And so they have a whole raft of effects. And, and we're obviously going to do a whole episode in this first 12-week block just about grains and cereals because that's pretty important. But safe to say at this stage, if, if you're looking for something to cut out, then breads, grains, and cereals are a great spot to start because of their inflammatory effects, because of their health effects. Um, but I guess, you know, don't get too scared as well by the fact we're now going to tell you about all the things you shouldn't be eating. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of them probably, a few things that you're eating now that you perhaps shouldn't be eating. Um, but you know, focus on what we spoke about before, what you can add in. Focus on adding the healthy stuff in first. We can worry about sort of taking out some of the unhealthy stuff later on. I think it's a pretty good general tip to start with too. Absolutely. And I mean, there's so much that you can eat. It's hard. It would be really impossible for us to go through and list all the things that you can eat. Yeah. But if we give you the groups of things that you should be avoiding, then that's probably going to make it much easier for you to make the right choices when it comes to mealtime and, and deciding what to buy and what not to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so I guess some of the other major ones is, um, you know, dairy is obviously a big one if you're doing the strict paleo diet. And obviously, you know, there's some discussion around this in the paleo and the primal community about, you know, is dairy okay? What about raw dairy? What about, um, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit more later on, I guess. But I think it's probably safe to say that, you know, having large quantities of, you know, pasteurized, homogenized dairy, um, particularly low-fat dairy, don't get me started there, you know, is probably not what we should be having in our diet. And we should be really focusing in terms of the liquids we're consuming on making sure there's plenty of water there. Um, and if you really want something with a bit more taste, then maybe adding in a squeeze of lemon juice or maybe a nice herbal tea or, you know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, so, what... what um Brett's wife Rebecca does when we went out to your place that day was just crush up some herbs from the garden. I think she just put mint and lemon in some water and that was amazing. Yeah. I've been doing that ever since. I just love it. There's so many simple things you can do to make water more um, flavorsome if you're not used to drinking it, which for me, I'm lucky I was brought up on water, so I just love it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things that you can flavor your water with that are healthy and not cordials, obviously. Um, that's a processed colored thing that's got a million commas in its ingredients list, which are was always one of the things that I started looking at was if I'm eating food from a packet, which I now don't do. But when I did start the early days, I was like, right, anything that's got more than four, five commas and uh, any numbers or letters or anything I can't pronounce, that doesn't go in my shopping trolley. Um, now I don't even have a shopping trolley. I only shop at the farmer's market. So that makes it much easier because nothing's in a packet and I can recognize everything, which is a really good way of going about it. Nice. But that leads us right into the sugars then. So mm -hmm. we know now that all sorts of things are labeled as low fat. And, and if you want to take the fat out of something, you have to add flavor. And so how are we adding the flavor? There you go. There's your sugar. So Yana, do you want to talk a bit about sugar then? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, I, I could get into a lot of detail here, so I'm going to need you guys to give me some, you know, 
Mark's across your neck and tell me to <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Well, why don't you so, start with um, with the Gary Tubbs's book, Why We Get Fat? Because yeah. he talks a lot about the sugars. Yeah, and that was a massive. Actually, when I was talking about the podcast, Luke listened to that was the first um, author that was that they were talking about on that podcast. And so, what Gary has done is look at all the science around food. He wrote a book called Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It. And before that, he wrote a book called Good Calories, Bad Calories, which is full of references. Um, massive book, but quite in-depth. And so he had people constantly saying, you know, um, this is a great book, but how can I get my partner to read it? How can I get my mum to read it? How can I get my husband to read it? You know, um, so he then wrote Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It and made it much easier to understand what's going on. So the basics are that sugar is um, a harmful substances toxic it causes our our um blood sugar to in to rise right so we are supposed to have blood sugar it runs our red blood cells um but it needs to be in a very narrow range and when you have sugars and when you have starches it makes your blood sugar spike and so your body has to produce insulin and insulin's a good hormone but what it does is it tells your cells to take up glucose so it'll tell your muscle cells to take up glucose and burn them and it'll tell your fat cells to store that glucose so of course fat cells fat cells store it as fat and fat is very inflammatory the abdominal fat is very inflammatory it's actually hormonally metabolically active um, and so it can have all sorts of influences on our endocrine system and our well, so our um, hormone system and running our body and so you know sugar is actually the inflammatory part of our diet and what's leading to the hardening of arteries and leading to um, inflammation and that sort of thing so you really want to be avoiding sugars, especially the processed sugars, especially the stuff that you put in your tea. And I know people say, you know, I've cut out my sugar. I'm not having any sugar in my tea or my coffee anymore. But what they neglect to realize is that any other condiments that they're using in most packaged food, and yet, in fact, I've yet to come across any packaged food that doesn't have sugar in it somewhere in some form, whether it's hidden by calling it maltodextrin or something like that, or, you know, malt glucose, you know, so you don't really know that it's sugar. It's just everywhere because it's so addictive, you know. It's um, it, there's so many things wrong with sugar. I think we'll probably. Well, yeah, I think we'll definitely be coming back to that topic because yeah. that's a massive one. But I think it's really important to just mention at this stage. And once again, this is something we can get into in more detail in later episodes. But is you know, be careful of the sugar-free stuff though too, right? Yeah, because absolutely. you don't want to think, well, look, I shouldn't be having the sugar, so I'm going to start having all those artificial sweeteners because right? we know that those artificial sweeteners just aren't good for you either. I mean, essentially. You know, they've got, they have a whole raft of side effects, particularly their effects on your nervous system and their effects on your brain. So you want to be really careful of having those. But also they trick your body into thinking that sugar is coming. So your body's going to get ready to digest and process this sugar, which means that when it doesn't come, it's going to suck up all the sugar you've got in your body and you're going to be left craving and just, you know, not going well. It's going to make you want to eat more and more sugary products. So yeah. just be conscious of that. I mean, they've done studies that have shown like diet soft drinks versus non-diet soft drinks. And actually the people on the diet soft drinks put on more weight, which is yeah. pretty scary. McCullough had a reference to an article that had a 50 to 700% increase in weight gain from, wow. from uh, sugar, from artificial sweeteners. Yeah, massive, that's, isn't it? That's and that's awesome. Um, sorry, just quickly on the artificial sweeteners. I liked on um, one of the Wellness Guys podcasts where you interviewed David Gillespie and he mm. said, you know, you were asking him, what about artificial sweeteners? And he said, look... I think they're really bad, and the way I liken them for people is that artificial sweeteners are like morphine for heroin addicts, right? <laughs> so it's, you know, it, maybe it's a stepping stone, but for us, there's no way. We're just not going to go there. It is so yeah. bad for you, um, and it's just going to get you hooked on still wanting sweet stuff. So you're just going to make it harder for yourself if you go down that route. So just 
Yeah, don't do it, people. Yeah. <laughs> because there is the emotional side to it as well, right? So Absolutely. we all know that if you behave really well, and let's say you're eating all these things without sugar, it just it, you tend to have an entitlement later on as well. So if you if you eat really well, then you tend to want to treat yourself often, and that's what Brett and Yana were saying about those people tend to gain more weight as you end up feeling like you deserve those things as well. So there is the emotional side to sugar, um, the addictive properties of sugar. So Yeah. And so I think the other thing worth talking about here in terms of, you know, what not to eat on the paleo diet is, is it's worth talking about organic foods, not in terms of not what not to eat, but in terms <laughs> of, you know, avoiding all of those chemicals, all those processed foods, all those additives, all those preservatives, all that stuff that just gets added into so many of our foods, and particularly those packaged foods Yana was talking about. But you know, even things like your deli meats and your, you know, all of these different processed foods we get and just all of the different chemicals that are added into them, often that we have no idea. And I know, you know, when we spoke to uh, Cindy O'Meara on the Wellness Guys, you know, she's awesome at talking about that kind of stuff. And she's talked about reading your product labels. And it's just as simple as turning it over. And, you know, don't just look at the fat, the protein, the carbohydrate, but actually look at the list of ingredients. And like you were saying before, Yana, you know, if there's names there you don't recognize, if there's numbers there that you don't even know what they mean, then chances are there's something that your caveman ancestor wouldn't have recognized. There's something that you could not possibly have evolved to eat and to process and to deal with because they just weren't around when your body was evolving. And so you want to be starting to think, well, okay, maybe those are things we should be steering clear of. Maybe those are things we should be avoiding. So I guess, you know, to wrap it up in terms of the paleo diet per se, you know, it's about just keeping it really simple, isn't it? You know, so it's about just getting real whole foods. It's about fruits. It's about vegetables, nuts, meats, you know, plenty of water, you know, seeds, and then just avoiding the processed stuff. You know, we often talk about when you go into the supermarket, you know, there's this kind of little area around the outside that has the real food in it that's actually, you know, as it would be plucked from a tree or as it would be caught or whatever. Um, and then in the middle, there's just this whole section that you're probably better off staying away from. Yeah, I know that was one of the um, pieces of advice from one of the um, chiropractors who inspired me. Um, and he, in he, one of his books from like 1970, I think, it says, just shop from the outside aisles of your shopping center. Don't go into the middle. And that was in the 70s. You yeah. know, they wouldn't have had anywhere near the crap yeah. we've got in our supermarkets now. Yeah. I don't know, Crisco's so. been around for a while, Yana. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, hasn't it? What? Doing all sorts of crazy stuff with that before it became uh, margarine. But that kind of leads us into maybe our last major point today is that humans really are animals and we're part of the animal kingdom. And as such, we've been treating ourselves as a separate superior species that can handle anything really. But that's just, it's just simply not true. Um, we really do need to be eating what, what our bodies have been designed to eat and, and treat ourselves not like we're in a zoo, like we are in fact animals. One, one really interesting study I read was about how um, obesity in humans has actually been following the path of obesity in dogs. And so dogs are an animal, we treat dogs like an animal, but we still feed them these packaged foods full of grains and all sorts of other chemicals and additives and cardboard, God knows what's in those things. But, um, but the obesity in dogs is increasing as well. And I find that absolutely fascinating. So Brett, do you want to talk a little more about that? Yeah, I think, you know, when we look at the environment, when we look at nature, we just tend to get it, right? If you look at a pristine rainforest, right, you don't look at that and think, hey, I wonder if there's a chemical I could add in there to make it better, right? We don't question whether polluting that rainforest is going to make it worse. You know, we don't question whether putting additives into there is going to adversely affect it. We just know, right? We know that that's a perfect 
pristine natural environment and that the absolute best thing we can do for it is just leave it be. Like just let it do what it does because it'll just stay healthy, it'll stay in balance, it'll stay functioning well. And we also know that if we've ruined it, then the best way to get it back on track is just to get out of the way. Is <laughs> to like stop doing the things we were doing that were ruining it and just let it recover and let it regenerate. And so we tend to get it when we look at the natural environment. But like you said, we tend to think of ourselves as being different. Like we're this sort of magical, mystical being that doesn't have to play by the same rules. That somehow, you know, we can get away with doing all this stuff that our body isn't designed to. We can actually add stuff into our bodies to make it better. We can take stuff out of our bodies to make it better. Um, and it's just not true. You know, our bodies are designed to be healthy. They evolved over millions and millions of years to be perfectly suited to that environment. Um, and if we can just pr- give it that environment, if we can just create, well, as best we can in our modern world, because we know that we're never going to be perfect, but as best we can in our modern world, create that same environment that, that our bodies are designed to thrive in, then we're just going to get really outrageous health and see some, some really cool changes. And that's certainly what we've seen. Yeah. I know uh, there was one, Dr. James Chestnut, who's a Canadian coach, chiropractor so we're mixing it up here some Canada some <laughs> chiropractic um he had a really great way of putting it and that I really love and he said you know what happens to animals when you put them in captivity they get fat sick and mm. depressed and you know humans we're we're animals in captivity now you know it's, yeah. it's such a good way of putting it we just need to get back to roaming free being wild yeah, nice. <laughs> um so I guess um another really important thing to touch on here is that for us Paleo is a lifestyle. It's not a diet, quote unquote. We really believe that it's more than just food. Food is the most associated thing with the diet or with the um, paleo lifestyle. But we do have other aspects of it that are very important. Um, So Brett is really passionate about the fitness side of things. So maybe you want to briefly touch on that? Yeah, absolutely. I I guess it just fits into this same philosophy, doesn't it? It's, It's about giving our bodies what we're genetically required to have. And so... If we look at as we were evolving, you know, we didn't have the option of just sitting on the couch. You know, we didn't have the option of just watching TV, right? If you were a caveman, if you were a hunter-gatherer, then you had to get out and about. Like, you had to move. Because flat out, if you weren't moving, you weren't getting dinner. Because, you know, you had to either be hunting or gathering. You had to be out there collecting to get your food for your dinner. You know, you had to be fighting perhaps you know warring with other tribes you know in the evening you were probably dancing the night away you know you were you were doing all this natural movement and it wasn't you know it wasn't lying back flat on your back pushing a weight directly up in the air on a bench press right it was actually moving your whole body all at once in a really functional movement pattern it was activating all the right muscles at all the right times learning how to fire your muscles in the right pattern in the right order you know developing spinal stability we know and we'll speak probably later about how that influences your nervous system and how when you move your body well it stimulates your nervous system it fires messages back up to your brain which release dopamine and serotonin so you know we know that there's there's a whole raft of lifestyle factors and and health factors that get influenced by exercising right and getting that right movement that our bodies are evolved and designed to require um, and so obviously that's going to be something we're going to talk about as we go along is, is what's paleo movement, you know, and how does that fit into the picture with the paleo diet? Because it's obviously not just about the food. You know, I, I often talk about it as being a bit like a three-legged stool. You know, you need to look at the, the physical, the chemical and the emotional aspect of it. And if you've got all three of those in balance, then your stool is going to be nice and level and balanced. If, if one of those is a bit short, then chances are you're going to topple over and have a bit of a stack. So um, we're definitely going to be addressing each of those areas. And, and perhaps, Yana, you want to talk a bit about the emotional side of that as well. Yeah, definitely. And just um, before we move on, though, um, with that movement 
thing I you know as someone who has never really been motivated to do much exercise doing functional movement is so much more interesting and it's just fun you know you get that out there you be a bit of a wally and you know that's <laughs> all right because you're just learning new ways of moving and it's not boring repetitive biceps curls or leg lifts or oh, you know the things I've seen in gyms over the years no wonder people get bored it's you know it's really good stuff and you see results as yeah, well like definitely. I know I I'm not the queen of fitness I used to be a synchronized swimmer but <laughs> let's uh, really I'm not I'm not that into fitness, let's say, <laughs> but, um, but recently I've been doing functional fitness with Brett and Yana and the results are just incredible for, for doing those functional movements. I just climbed Mount Lofty, which is Adelaide's, uh, <laughs> highest peak. Like, just like the ones in Canada, right? Like, just like the rockets, oh, yeah. really. <laughs> uh, but, um, but I know I climbed it about a year ago and struggled. My neighbor can tell you I struggled. And, um, last week I climbed it and again, with doing fitness, maybe once or twice a week over the past few months, I was I was able to recover quicker. My muscles didn't hurt. I got up there an hour faster than the first <laughs> time. And it was just fantastic. And that's the really only attributed to the small amounts of functional fitness that I've been doing. Bicep curls aren't going to help you get up a mountain, let me just say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so that brings us to, to the emotional stuff. Because as we know, fitness can definitely... Uh, make you happier to put it Absolutely. simply. Absolutely, that movement is so important for um, secreting serotonin and making you feel good. And in addition to that, you, you know, I think part of the, the paleo lifestyle as well is watching your thoughts because cavemen wouldn't have been spending most of their day stressing about their bodies, being on their back and getting that deadline done and the jerk who cut them off in traffic, right? But we tend to get hung up on that and I think a lot of that is because we're in this go, go, go society and our sympathetic nervous system is just always firing. It's always, you know, in that fight and flight mode. Um, but, you know, in the paleo lifestyle, it's very much about recognizing that, changing the way we're thinking, doing those positive affirmations. And, you know, I've been on quite an emotional journey for the last couple of years with my weight loss. And, and so much of that is uncovering um, the way that our human mind works and, you know, there's a perfectly good reason for all of those thoughts being there when we look at the, the layers of your brain and I won't get into it, but this stuff fascinates mm -hmm. me. Um, but you know, we, we want to be in enhancing the good stuff because when you're doing that positive thinking, it's going to reduce your stress. It's going to have, um, amazing physiological effects. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what paleo is about is getting your body to function how it should and, and to, be in balance and in harmony within itself, not always one system going and the other one not firing or that sort of thing. Is there anything you wanted to add yeah, to that? Yeah, I just Fred? I just think just to add in is that when you're thinking right and when you've got your thinking right, then it makes everything else so much easier Absolutely. too, doesn't it? It's gonna help you make the right choices in terms of your diet, in terms of what sort of exercise you're doing. You know, it just kind of sets you on the right track to do all those other areas well too. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that the sort of stresses we would have had as a hunter-gatherer, you know, there were maybe the acute stresses like, oh my God, there's a saber-toothed tiger, it's probably going to eat me, right? <laughs> but that doesn't last very long, right? Yeah. You've probably got 30 seconds to either get away or get eaten. Either way, the stress is over. Uh, but in our, in our modern lives, they last a bit longer, right? So we might have a, a money stress that we might have been dealing with four or five years, you know, not, not five minutes. And so... There's definitely, you know, dealing with those stresses and creating a lifestyle that allows you to de-stress and allows you to not create that stress in the first place is, is definitely part of this paleo lifestyle that we're going to talk about in the future episodes. 
Yeah. And part of the paleo lifestyle is the paleo community as well, which is why Yana and I started the paleo life group in Adelaide. There's a Facebook group if you want to join us. And it's just, we just talk about um, food and, and fitness and we support each other. And it's really important if someone's having a problem that you know that there's a group that you can go to. So you can find that kind of group within your own community, maybe start your own, or you have your family and friends, or you have this podcast to listen yeah, to. Yeah, jump on that paleo show on Facebook. Come yeah. check us out and join our community. Absolutely. I tried. Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, that's all the time we have for this week. So until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help us grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.